Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel. Van. How was your weekend? Worked. Worked all weekend. Worked the Billboard Music Awards. First red carpet I could do without a mask. It was a lot of fun. Had a good time. I saw you hanging out with the baby. The baby. Yeah, you were hanging out with the baby. Why did you say it like that? I was because he was he was a fun interview, but he was a lot. How was he a lot? He's just a lot. I got How? invited to the after party. Oh, I stayed at home. Oh, <laughs> I stayed at home. I was in a profession. I was in a place of business. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like I was. I was out there. I was working. You know. Right. Professional place of business. Professional. Yeah, it's all professional. You I remember, went home. You know my you met my friend Ian. Did I ever tell you the Radio Shack story? Player player proof? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we went to Radio Shack one time when Ian was there and he was working. So Ian worked at Radio Shack and he he worked at Radio Shack and he uh first of all, two things. <laughs> why was, is this funny? <laughs> it was funny. Why was, am I laughing? It was <laughs> funny. It was funny because you know, if we were all in college. And Ian mm-hmm. wasn't going to school at that point. And it's always like if you if four of the dudes in the crew don't have a job and then like one nigga has a job, he acts like his job is like the most important thing in the world. He acts and like why he, shouldn't he? And why shouldn't he? Right. Because like yeah. every we all talking about class and school. And he's like, ah, I got to get ready to go to work. You know, gotta That's go to right. Work. So <laughs> he worked at the singular kiosk at Radio Shack. And me and Ryan and Gino went over him over there just to like kind of talk to him. But when we started, like we, we were messing with the computers at Radio Shack, you know, have those display computers, and we changed the screensavers to pictures of us rather than the Radio Shack logo. <laughs> and then, like Ian could not figure out. <laughs> none of us could figure out. Like how to change him back. Oh my gosh. Did Ian have another day of employment after that? Ian comes over like, yo. He looks at us, he goes, yo, yo, what's wrong with you niggas? It's like, it's like, it's like this is why y'all niggas broke right now. This is why y'all broke right now. This is a professional place of business. You can't come in here after like we was like, fuck you, you hourly ass motherfucker. And we left. I don't know if you ever figured it out. He was so mad. He kicked us out the radio shack. Did um, he continue working at Radio Shack after that, or did y'all yeah, get him fired? Nah, okay. he, he worked at Radio Shack, but then he worked at like uh other singular, like you know, singular wire. So he was in the mall. No, he worked. At, well, you said so, a kiosk. I know, but Radio Shack inside of the Radio Shack, they had a singular wire, a singular wireless kiosk. So inside oh. of the Radio Shack, there was one point where you go to sign up for like singular wireless. And he worked and there. He worked there, but he also because he was a Radio Shack MVP. But he could he could step out of his comfort zone, and if you needed like a transistor radio or a CB, he could also sell you that. You know what I'm saying? He was so did well his shirt versed. say, was he dressed in red like Radio Shack or was he nope. dressed in a singular? He had the, the orange singular shirt. Orange, that's what it is. Yeah. He had the orange singular shirt. But see, if, but see, if it wasn't popping at the singular and Radio Shack was like getting unruly with the customer backup, he could come over there and give you some of that help over in electronics as well. Um, but you did not go to the baby's after party. The question is, why not? For what? 
What do you mean for real? I, there was you, no after party. It was like, you can roll with, oh, you can roll with us if you want to. No, are, are you saying <laughs> that you. the baby shot his shot with Rachel Lindsay? He was, he was, I'm sure he did with every reporter that was on. I, I didn't ask you about every reporter. No, I don't think he I, shot his shot. I, I, the he baby was, shot his shot with you is what no, you're saying. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I didn't say all that. I just think we were, you know, we were matching. He was just like, yeah, you know. I said, how y'all celebrating? Talked about the after party. Can I ask you a question? Why are you, why are you not just running with it? You know what happened, man. Shout out to the baby. Because why? Why? Why are you I trying to get baby. me caught up in some mess? I do too. Uh, I'm a yeah. big fan. Yeah, but not a big enough fan to go. Because I'll be honest with you. We had the... um we had the Two Distant Strangers Oscar party. Mm-hmm. And then we went to an after party. Yeah. And I uh, was there. And you went. <laughs> and I was there. So the, you went to the after party, went to the to the uh, the macro after party. Shout out Charles King. Macro. Shout out to Ronda Garrett over at M88. We Is went that to, who threw the party? It was macro. Yeah, it was macro. Because oh, okay. they, they did Judas and the Black Messiah. So it was their party. Oh, okay. And you went to that. But you didn't mm-hmm. go with the baby. What's the difference mm-hmm. between going with uh, to that party? Because and going I would have gone by myself to the baby, to the baby's party or after party or whatever was going on. Right. I was rolling with friends amongst people I trust. So let me ask I was you in this: the crew. So let me ask you this. That's a great point. Let's say that the baby asked you to come to the after party, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you say to the baby, "That's dope." Can I call my husband and have <laughs> him roll to the after party too? I think he would have said, "Sure." Well then, well then, I feel like you played Brian. If you think the baby would have let you and Brian could have been hanging out with the baby, I didn't want to go to the after party. Maybe, Maybe I didn't want to go, Van. Just as simple as that. Maybe you mad because I didn't call you to come? I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> That's late. That's late at night. Like I am an I'm a I'm 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 an actual baby, meaning I need sleep. All right, I'm not I'm not a baby rapper. Like, see all of that about nine thirty, my body start going. What you doing? You know what you know what That's the vibes you get are. Up at like four in the morning. You get up at weird hours. Yeah, I get up sometimes. Uh, last night I got I had a I had a another vivid dream from the Rimeron. It was fantastic. From I wrote a, what? From the Remeron, from the drug that I take. Oh. To, you know, I had another vivid dream. It was so weird. I dreamt that. I keep having these reoccurring dreams. Anybody out there that's like a dream person? I I have weird dreams too. I keep having this reoccurring dream that I don't have a career. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide 
when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This dream, I, okay, keep having, I, I keep having this recurring dream. I'm serious. Like it's you like, don't have a career, like you're still out here hustling or like you had it and it failed. How does this work? No, just- like I'm, I have a dream that I have significant strife over the fact that I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. It's weird. So yeah, no, I mean, I think you're, you subconsciously think about that. Like you're worried about what's going to come next, which this- is a, I think a, a, a fear a lot of people have out here in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Work isn't consistent. Yeah. Yeah, it's you true. Me, you want me to be Joseph? You want me to interpret your dreams? Because oh, remember, remember yeah, we were talking Joseph. about one thing one time and I was Code like, oh colors. no, that third arm is because yeah. of the vaccine. You were scared yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joseph, my son. Um, Yeah, and but for some reason in this dream last night, I was in Philly with like this guy I used to play basketball with and he was showing me around Philly. And then we were coming up, we were going up an escalator, and he was and he was telling me that he would really like to date Italian girls, but it's too hard. I don't know where this is coming from. I We're going up, we're going up the escalator. What you eat last night? We're going up the escalator. And he's like, I would really like to date Italian girls, but it's too hard. And I'm like, for real? Like, why? And then he just moved on to something else. And then we were, we were going up to the escalator, and I was he wasn't on the escalator anymore magically. And I all of a sudden was on the escalator, uh-huh. but I realized I was like, why is it taking so long to get to the top? And why am I so tired? And I realized that it wasn't an escalator. It was a slide and I was running up it. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you should, ben- do you never Google what this means in a dream? Cause I have a reoccurring dream about tornadoes. Mm, what does that mean? Like I, I I have these end of the world dreams. Like I'm right. trying to escape like the apocalypse and there's always a tornado that's involved. Right. And a tornado means like things are in disarray. Like your life is chaotic and out of control. Right. Right. You I should mean, you should Google your dreams. I, I don't want to because I Google too many things already. And like if I Google something and I don't get the right kind of deal, it's gonna really fuck with me. So I don't think I want to. But it's interesting because last night like I woke up with a song in my head and the song originated from the dream. The, oh. And it was like a pop song. And so then I wrote it down. Like the, the like, you know, I wrote it down. Anyway, whatever. You don't care. An escalator represents a situation where every single thing is done for you while you wait for it to happen. Someone may be carrying you through a situation or taking care of everything you need. Making progress with E. Going up an escalator symbolizes easy progress. I mean. I don't know. That don't have nothing to do with nothing. Really? Because we had a conversation before we got on the the podcast about progress. Oh, wow. Something. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Where did you get that from? Dreamscape.com? Don't worry about it. Because you didn't want to Google it. Nah. You I got, did it for you. I need to know what if that's I'm a reputable your Joseph. source. I'm your Joseph, but it, it applies, does it not? It applies. It does apply. It does apply. Okay. Uh, how do people learn how to read dreams? Like, you know, when they're in high school, they never tell you about those careers. They say, hey, you could go and be an electrician or, hey, you could go to college and be, <laughs> I don't know, a civil engineer, a city planner. They never say, hey, you know what? You can get paid just for people to tell you their dreams and for you to spit some shit back out. 
I don't think those do people like that exist. I don't know if they're dream tellers. I don't know if you can Google. You like, just you can go, look that up on the thing. Hey, that's just a website. But I'm just saying, I don't think you can go like get a tarot card reading. I, I don't think you can go to a dream teller. I guarantee you there's somebody who reads dreams for a living. I guarantee you. I'm sure somebody's got that hustle. That's what I'm going to start telling these black children to do. That's what I'm going to start telling them to do. Hey, man, move out to L.A., get a tie-dye shirt, and tell these white people you can read their dreams. You're going straight to the top. Mm. You're going to the top. Um, uh, It's been an interesting weekend for me. It was very interesting. Yeah. What happened? Good? Bad? The cross tour got towed. Because it died on you or because? Because of L parking tickets. So Man, this, so, is, this baffles my mind how this happens to people. How? What do you mean? You don't pay your parking tickets? Not really. I pay I them. Just don't once, let... I pay them when it gets like to the point to where you have to pay them. Not really. I don't really pay them. Till where you, know, you don't have a car. Yeah, it's a fun adventure. You know, it's, it's unnecessary. I tell you something. There's nothing more exhilarating than going to the place where you parked your car. That is not and true. Not having your car be there. That nothing is makes you feel more alive. True. It's true. That is a terrifying. If you've ever had your car towed, it is the worst feeling to walk out. For me, it's the club to walk out the club in the middle of the night and you don't have a car. Yeah, happened to me. I was, and it's so funny because you know, you know where you parked, right? That's the thing that I like. <laughs> I, I walk around the corner. I walked around the corner, right? And I know where the cross tour is. I know that I parked right there, and the car is not there. So I know that no one stole the cross tour. Things have gotten desperate in America, but we're not to that point yet where people are stealing the 2010 Honda cross tour. It's dirty with the whole, they haven't, they, they haven't whittled my way down, whittled their way down to my car yet. So I go there and uh, I look at Lee, I go, yo, have you seen the cross tour? Now here's the thing. How's she going to have seen it? I it's know. my car. You know what I mean? How's she going to have seen it? Like, have you seen the crossover? I'm like, no. She's like, well, yeah, I did see it earlier. And she, she says, it's right in the spot, basically the spot where I knew it was. Right. And she goes, uh, then I go, um, well, it's not there. And she was like, do you have parking tickets? I was like, yes. She hung the phone up. <laughs> I love her. Nah, she was, she was, she was very helpful though. Seriously. Um, I got off the phone, but she was very helpful. She uh, So what happened was we had to go to, and this becomes a whole journey, right? Because not only was the were there parking tickets, but the registration was expired as well on the cross tour. Oh, my tour. gosh. So we had to go to the DMV and pay everything, like $1,500 at the DMV. We had to go to the DMV and pay everything. Then we had to take that paper to the police station. Okay. Now, when we got to the police station, I would have been so mad at you. When we got to the police station, <laughs> it turns out that there was a different paper that the people at the DMV were supposed to give us, and they didn't give it oh to us. Oh my gosh! So they were supposed to give us a paper that says, "Hey, we can release the car," uh, but they didn't give us to, that to us. And so the people at the, even though they could see that we paid, the the people at the police station like, "Yeah, go back to the DMV." Mm -hmm. So I got an Uber and went home. Kalika went to the DMV, and wow. then. 
And then after we went to the DMV, we went and got the paper, went to the tow yard, got the cross door, brought it back. And now I, then I had Saturday, I had to go get a smog check. Uh, got the oh, smog you didn't check. have that either? Didn't have a smog check. So Saturday, I had to go get a smog check. And then now, uh, today or tomorrow, we have to go to the DMV and get the sticker. See, I'm so paranoid about being pulled over that all of that would bother me. Also, right. Kalika's a really good woman because the moment that you had to go back to the DMV, I would have uh, told you to open up your phone app and, and utilize Uber or Lyft for the remainder of the day. That's a whole day that was wasted. Just it's because a, you can't pay your tickets online. A waste of a day. How do you waste a day? There was a problem. Like that. that there's a problem. It wasted, it w- wasted her day because it wasn't her problem. It was yours. I, well, I'm not going to say what she would have been doing with her day. I would have tell you that I didn't have much to do. Mm-hmm. To me, it was mm-hmm. like a little treat. You know, it was like a little treat. You go down there, you 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 see the police officer, you ask them what kind of sidearm they're, they're carrying. They ignored me. In no way is this just like a treat to you, but you but you had somebody else within your problem. Yes, yeah, well, anyways, I'm glad you figured it out. I'm glad mm-hmm. you took care of it. Make sure you do the same next year. I guess we will probably be back in the same situation. All right, uh, right, uh, let's take a break real quick. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Okay, uh, we are taping this on May 24th, people know. Uh, But it'll be May 25th tomorrow, and that is the one-year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. Uh, Anniversary seems like a weird term to use, but, you know. uh, It's been one one year since the murder of George Floyd. Not going to go into a long soliloquy here. I'm just going to ask you, what are your thoughts coming up on one year on the murder of George Floyd? I, it, I You took the words out of my mouth when you said using the word anniversary seems odd. It does, because when you think of the word anniversary, you think of it more as a celebration. Um, yeah. This is more remembering and looking back over the last year to see how much we've progressed since the murder of George Floyd. And outside of raising awareness and having conversations and putting what's been happening to black people, brown people, people of color at the hands of the police on front page news, on your television screens, topic of conversation, leading in headlines in a way that it never has been before. We're still in the same place when it comes to actually taking action. We're still begging for reform. We're still begging for a system to change that a system that hasn't been protecting us, but has been hurting us, a system that's corrupt, a system that we fear. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad that a year later, we're still trying to get the Justice and Policing Act named after George Floyd to pass in Congress. We can't pass, you know, like the, the things that they're asking for, in my opinion, are not that far-fetched and the fact that that hasn't moved through congress just shows that we're still back in the same place we were a year ago and to add to that 
we're still dying at the hands of the police. There's still a problem. The system's still a problem. And, and, and steps have been made, but more as far as discussion than actual action to fix the system. And it's sad to look back a year from now with all that momentum that happened with the protest, with, as I said before, when I was talking about this, how it was in the headlines and front page news. And it really seemed like, and there have been things that have been done, but it really just seemed like things were really going to take a turn where big changes were going to be made and they haven't. Yeah. And so a couple of things, um, and I'm looking something up right now. Uh, President Biden signed an anti-Asian hate crime bill recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there is nothing that I like to see more than crimes against a specific group get dealt with at the legislative level. All right. Well, there are many things I like to see more. I like to see, you know, elephants and tigers. And I like to watch stuff on TV and, and you know, Marvel movies. But I'm talking about in this particular process, I love to see that. I love to see that. The swiftness by which this came about um, is, to me, indicative of what can happen in D.C. when people agree. Mm-hmm. So there are people, of course, that voted against the bill, but mm-hmm. it had bipartisan support for the most part. Uh, there were a couple dozen Republicans that 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 voted against it. Um for whatever reason that they did, but the bill was passed. That's indicative of what happens when people agree on something. Yeah. We agree that violence against Asians, the Asian brothers and sisters that we share our communities with, is wrong. And that it should be prosecuted in a very specific way. And that it's something that has to be dealt with and stopped in America. It seems as if we don't agree that policing in America is out of control and that the police are far too often inflicting damage and enacting the worst case scenario onto American citizens, a lot of those American citizens that happen to look like us. So while nobody in their right mind would look at a bill condemning Asian hate and be upset about it or have anything other than amazing feelings about it, What is interesting is that George Floyd died a year ago. Mm -hmm. Since George Floyd had had died, others have died. We've seen other videos of uh, cops out of here. There's a situation down in Louisiana right now um, to where the police. Oh, yes. It's a horrible situation surrounding the death of a man named Ronald Green uh, to where it looks like a full on cover up cover-up in the Louisiana State Troopers office. It's, it looks absolutely terrible and disgusting. We're going to talk more about that on Thursday. But it seems like American consciousness has yet to agree that we have a problem with policing in this country. And it seems like that's trickling over into giving the politicians a mandate to act on it. So when I think about you know, remembering George Floyd and remembering what's what his uh what what his life meant. I want to remind people that what we're really talking about with George Floyd is not his life. We're talking about the end of his life. 
Mm-hmm. We're talking about what the end of his life meant. And George Floyd didn't want to be a martyr. George Floyd didn't want to be a symbol. George Floyd didn't want to be a rallying cry. George Floyd just wanted to go to the store and go back exactly. home. So, uh, you know, m- murals are great. Action in be- uh, on behalf of somebody's name is great. But he's gone forever. There's nothing that can undo that. And you have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself if we're really taking into account what a human life means when we're volleyballing these things around like political topics and social topics, like what does it really mean to lose someone? And what does it mean to lose somebody over nothing? And when you think about it in those terms, it gives you short patience with a lot of the the sort of stuff that's happening, not just in D.C., but everywhere else. People talk about two sides to an argument, and there are two sides to an argument, but how long are we going to listen to the bullshit? Mm-hmm. I think that conversation is wrapping up. So for me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, um, I, I like I don't think about George Floyd's death in its cultural significance. I think about all. the death of the human. And that changes my perspective a little bit because he died. He didn't die over anything. People can say now that he died for something. Uh, maybe you could say that, but it wasn't his no. choice. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, not he died for something. But I think it's also important to realize that George Floyd is one of many. I mean, almost 1,200 people were killed at the hands of the police in 2020. And that's just of what we know. Right. And black and brown people were disproportionately killed and don't even get to the statistics of how many of them were unarmed. So it's 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 what this day represents. And what he and he is representative of a problem that exists in this country. And that's how I see it. And then it's just shameful that we are where we are a year later. Yeah. When. Now you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, okay. Um, rest in peace to George Floyd. Had to make sure that we acknowledge that at the top of the show. Uh, NBA playoffs are going on. Did you get a chance to watch any of the games? I watched a couple of them. I watched the Wizards. I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. You like them? Um, mm-hmm. um, what else did I watch? I saw a little bit of the Lakers game. Right. Who else played? I think that was probably it. Yeah, because you were probably busy. Probably it that I caught, that I watched. Because th- those came on earlier Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah earlier yeah. Sunday. And then what time mm-hmm. did you have to start doing all of this stuff for the for the? I started getting hair and makeup by like 11. And what time were the awards? They started at 5. Oh, okay, so you got hair and makeup at 11. You get made up and then Drake, Drake won, right? Drake? Drake won. Drake was back there. His son was what so the... cute. We didn't get to interview him. He doesn't walk the red carpet. He doesn't talk. Yeah, Drake doesn't talk. But I got to say this. You know how I be talking about Drake, right? Yeah, you say negative things. Drake was very handsome backstage. I looked at him oh. and I was like, huh, okay, Drake, okay. Let me ask you a question. Okay. What if it would have been Drake Same answer. who invited you to the after party? Same answer. So you're telling me right now, 
that if Drake invited you to an after party to the Billboard Awards that you wouldn't go? Last night. That's just the mood that I was in. Maybe if he had tried me the night before, I would have been more in the mood to be like, hey, can I bring some people with me? Let's go. I wasn't in the mood last night. You weren't going to go. I wouldn't put it past me on another night. Try me another night. Just last night, I wasn't in the mood. Is there anybody who last night could have gotten Rachel Lindsay to come to an after party of the Billboard Music Awards. Anyway. Probably like Sweetie, Doja Cat. <laughs> what the fuck? What? what? You telling girls, me if the girls wait. had asked me, maybe, maybe I would have been like, oh, what are the what are the ladies doing tonight? You're telling me that you would blow off an invite for Drake. But if Sweetie it's asked a you to come, thing. I'm a married woman. It's a little different. You're talking to a married. It's different. You know, it's, like it's a it's, different vibe. Yes, it is. It's a different vibe. Like it's, it's easier for me. It's easier for me to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with Sweetie, than to be like, well, you know, Drake. After these rumors, listen, we did a whole thing with Drake two weeks ago about him breaking things up. I don't want that. I don't want to be affiliated with that at the it's moment. It's not like Drake is not gonna be at the Sweetie party. He gonna be there. He popping up. You just making up your own narrative at this point. Anyway, any, any party thrown day. by a woman whose waist is bigger than thirty five inches, Drake gonna be there. Drake has like a <laughs> he has a radar whose waist ass. is bigger. You know how they do the little no, not the waist with the, you the, said the, the hips. Waist. I the know hips. what you meant. I meant the hips. What is that? <laughs> what is that measure of? It's 34, 24. It's the waist and 36, then it's the hips. Wait, thirty six, twenty four. And then, like it, at the bottom is the, the, 24, the hips, 48. but the I'm hips not, is I'm like trying the to think measurement. What Bum B says in the song, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so look, uh, you know, some, Drake was somebody somewhere else earlier in the week. He was hanging out with LBJ, LeBron James. The Lakers lost ninety to ninety nine to the Phoenix Suns. They lost in Phoenix, but a lot of people feel like LeBron shouldn't have even been playing in the game because. He apparently violated NBA virus protocols by going to a tequila party. He has a tequila line, the tequila brand coming out. And he went to a party for the tequila. It was the party of, I guess, all parties because it was had, it was a lineup there. It was Drake, Michael B. Jordan, uh, uh, Damson, uh, Kenya Barris. Uh, a lot of people were there. I'm leaving people out. Oh, uh, shout go? out. I did not go. Lenny S was there. A lot of people were there. Okay. A lot of people were there. Uh, and the NBA said this was a violation of virus protocols. It is. And they did not suspend LeBron James for this. And a lot of people are saying, hey, a double standard. Uh, what do you think? I think the people are right. NBA has made a big deal about you following their COVID protocols. This clearly violates one of them for all of those who are wondering. One of the rules is that you're prohibited from going to live entertainment events with or social gatherings with more than 15 people. I'm pretty sure that more than 15 people were at this party. You named half of them. So LeBron is in clear violation of this. And the fact that they aren't doing anything about it. I just, I mean, if I'm LeBron at this point, you know, you can do whatever you want. And if I'm another NBA player, I'm breaking all the rules and I'm pointing right towards this. Wait, why are you doing that? You're going to get suspended. 
You th- listen. You're going to get suspended. How do you think the okay? Here's my thing. How can the NBA move forward and justify now applying this same rule to the next one? I know what I know what Barkley said. I know we can all agree at this point it's a double standard because LeBron got away with it. But what happens to the next NBA player that violates this same rule? It already happened. Remember when? Uh, no, no, when no, Lou not Williams? before. Right after. No, I know about the strip club and the wings and all that. But I'm talking about. But that was in the heat of it. That was before right. we had a vaccine. You know, the NBA also has rules about if like 80 percent of your team is vaccinated and and certain things like that, particular to the team. Right. If now, since he's been able to get away with it, do you uh-huh. think do you think they will apply it, as you know, Charles this- Barkley said, to some no name player? You're getting suspended. Maybe they might sweep it under the rug if they can, but here's the deal. I used to have a coach back in the day, baseball coach. And you play baseball? Oh, yeah, all my life. Uh, a baseball coach back in the day. And we had a guy that used to come from soccer because baseball and soccer would, mm-hmm. uh, they, they ran together in Louisiana. We had a guy that would come from soccer. And I remember he used to run over there in his bare feet, just put his cleats on and play. Boy, this dude could play some baseball, man. Damn, he could really play. And coach would be like, uh, <laughs> we would look, because sometimes we didn't even know if he was going to come to the game. But if he came to the game, he was in center field. <laughs> one time, one of my homies was like, <laughs> he was literally just about to go out there and so we were warming up before we turned the lineup card in. We, he was literally just about to run out there and start uh, shagging flies off uh, off the fungo or whatever. And he runs out there. <laughs> Coach sees Jeremy and he goes, hey, come on. <laughs> and we were all laughing. Like, come in. Come on in. Come on in. Third in and I got you. Be ready to go. Be ready to go. I'll watch this person pout. <laughs> and I remember after the game, uh, Coach Booker looked at us and he goes, "Listen, Coach who? Booker was the baseball coach. Oh, he looked at I us. You he said goes, Booker. He, he looks at us. He goes, "Listen, I'm gonna treat y'all fairly, but I'm not gonna treat y'all equally. Mm. I'm gonna treat you fairly now. This is not the same thing as but LeBron. not equally. It is exactly no because the old same boy thing. didn't violate any type of team rule. Clearly, it was that he played two sports, mm-hmm. and when he was there, right. he had the starting position." LeBron broke the rules. He is yeah. a, he is basically saying he is above all of this. But he which, didn't break the but he didn't break the rules. Do you know why? Because there. If you say because he's LeBron James, there's a I just different can't. set of rules for him. Well, where is that written? Where is that written? That's so unfair. What it do doesn't need you, to be written because what? it's obviously the fact he didn't break the rules. It's so messed up. It's just so I just I would if I was a player, I would just have such a tough time with this. I'm sure they would. But if you're a player, by the way, you want LeBron James in the league. You want LeBron James to get like if you I don't if, think any this, Phoenix son is saying I really wish LeBron James was in game one. I, I, I tell you, I think they do. I think mean, everybody wants LeBron. The league wants LeBron because I know why the league have does. To watch. Yeah, as a business, I get that, but I'm pretty right. sure Devin Booker oh, wasn't like, right "Damn, that. I wish LeBron was was playing." But in this the reality game. is, if anyone out there thinks that the league is going to suspend LeBron James before the playoffs because he went to a tequila party, he could have had his dick out at the tequila party. <laughs> he was playing in game one. I just hate it. I just it's so it's ridiculous. It's I ridiculous. Think, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think we're too. 
I think we're too we're too hooked on fairness. Okay, Coach Booker. I think we're hooked on. <laughs> I think we're hooked on fairness. Like I think we're 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 hooked on fairness. I'm, I just if it's a team sport, why is one man above the team? That's all I'm saying. Sorry, <laughs> I just I just it was one game. He would have set out. They they lost anyway. Right. One game. And honestly, if he had set out the set out of that game, think about the story that would have surrounded. Sits out one game, comes back, wins three games straight. You know what I'm saying? They could have they could have spun this narrative to go a certain way. Yeah. Um. I get it. I get it. But look, a lot of people are upset. Kind of things like move on. And by the way, it's something else I'll say about sports mm-hmm. is sports is the one place. Everybody to me has basic, basic rights. Right. And those basic rights are unassailable. Like okay, you, okay, you have basic okay. rights. Anything that threatens those basic rights is to me, it's injustice. It's evil. It's corrupt. It's whatever. We all have basic rights. We should all fight for basic rights. Here's the thing about sports is that fairness gets like it's a tough sled in in sports, fairness. It's a hard concept because it's also not fair that LeBron compromises like 30% of a team's offense. It's also not fair that he is too three, four times more popular than some of these other guys, five times, ten times, that he is a singular. None of that's fair. But in sports, in competitive sports, it's just the way that it is. And so the reality is that in anything where one person has so much more worth, like so much more worth than other people, Right? Is it fair that you can't prosecute a president? Their citizen, just like any, like they break the law. Is it fair that you can't? The president is just so much more you important. You can. People get impeached. Yeah, that's a long process. Not, okay, but it's but it can happen. You're saying I'm, like it, it can never happen. But what I'm telling you is that the degree to which a regular person, okay, can do something. And You're losing do, this one. This is a fact. Like, okay, you can't just go and arrest the president. No, you can't. Right. And what I'm saying is that has to do it. But you're moving away from the LeBron thing. You're right. It's not fair that he is more talented than the average player. But that doesn't mean that because he's got more talent and more superstardom and more celebrity status than the next player, that things don't apply to him. The rules are in place for for a reason. It, you're right. It shouldn't be that way, especially this rule, because this rule is about actually keeping people safe. So it, especially and he can't even answer a direct question on the vaccine and things like that. I don't think he should have to answer that question. I don't way. think he should either. But I'm just saying because the rule is in place, because of, right. I'm saying about health and safety, he doesn't right. answer those questions directly. I agree. He shouldn't. It's just so funny. Just I, I just like to see that that type of hypocrisy out there. Go ahead and suspend <laughs> LeBron. Fucking suspend him. You're not gonna do it, and then we, <laughs> then we argue about why. Why happens? Oh, in the world of basketball, um, mm-hmm. Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight film. Neek, Neek, Dominique Wilkins, the human, <laughs> the human highlight film. Apparently, was treated poorly uh, at a restaurant down in Atlanta. Now, I want to make sure that I get the restaurant's name correct. So, because they get their 
they get to have their their time in the shame spotlight. It's crazy because when I just clicked on this mm-hmm. in the higher learning rundown situation, the story that came up is Nick Cannon allegedly expecting child with wild and out model. <laughs> like, he, and by the way, we haven't talked about that. What what what's are you are you shaming Trudy for having the wrong link under something? What are you no, doing? I'm saying that maybe God wanted that topic in the discussion. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did not. Uh, shout out to Nick Cannon. Uh, Nick Cannon is out here putting in work. Like <laughs> and like Nick Cannon out here nothing, and it's just happening. It's like, look, people want it. So anyway, uh, Dominique Wilkins went to Le Biboquet. Shit. You might as well have not even tried to look up saying the name correctly because you just messed it up anyway. How do you say it? Look at it. We need somebody French to, uh, a French thought word to tell me how to say it. Le Biboquet in Buckhead. Uh, He went to this place in Buckhead and he says he was discriminated against and turned away. This got Atlanta all riled up. Mm-hmm. All right, Buckhead is a suburb of Atlanta. I don't think it's inside of Atlanta proper, right? But it's, it's where, right there. Yeah, like you know, like people. Atlanta proper is just small. Buckhead's right there. Yeah, Buckhead. Uh, it's funny because they had the. Um, I think Buckhead is in Atlanta proper. When they Go had ahead. the when they had the Bankhead bounce, remember that? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's Bankhead. I remember one time I was like, I was talking to one of my homegirls from Atlanta. I was like. I said, y'all be up there doing the Buckhead Bounce or whatever. She goes, don't ever confuse Bankhead. Two different places. And Buckhead. She was Night like, and day. Don't ever confuse Bankhead and Buckhead. <laughs> um, yes, so Dominique Wilkins said that he had never felt prejudice uh, for the color of his skin. He's in his 50s, uh, maybe early 60s. Good for you, Neek. Um, But he says he was turned away from La Bilbo K, La Bilbo K, uh restaurant in Atlanta. <laughs> I have no clue. What? The restaurant says he was turned away because of the way he was dressed. In a statement to Twitter in Saturday, they said the po- they have a policy that prohibits athletic clothing. They said they are a business casual restaurant. Now, this is in Atlanta. If you guys do not know, the Atlanta Hawks is a franchise really have one all-time great. They have a lot of good players. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. They have a lot of good players, but they have one all-time great, and that all-time great is Dominique Wilkins, who was turned away from a restaurant in Atlanta. A lot of people demanded that the restaurant give an apology. They've come out. They've clarified things. Killer Mike was mad. So many different people were mad. What do you think of this story? Is it a dress code thing, or do you believe Neek when he said that it was because he was black? Of course it was because he's black. Anybody in a bigger city knows that there's a certain area in town in most big cities where there is a dress code that is put in place to turn away certain people. The dre- If you look at these policies, they're usually related to, quote, urban attire that is not allowed because you're oh. trying to not have a certain crowd show up at your place of establishment. I've I've witnessed it firsthand where as it was it was a group of us all black me and my homegirls were allowed to get in and my black homeboy was not. 
and it was told because and he was told because of the way he was dressed. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're standing there and two white guys walk in that are dressed just like him, if not even worse, just flat out in our faces telling us, oh, you women can go in, but he can't go in. Right. This happens all the time. So, of course, they were discriminating against him because of the way he looked. And I'm sure if he took a tour around that restaurant, there were people who were dressed just like him or even more casual. Yeah. So he says he got to the restaurant at first and they told him there were no tables. Then they said that he wasn't dressed fashionably enough. All right. So for whatever (laughs) reason, they didn't want Dominique Wilkins in there. So here's my thing. Uh, I remember one time we did a story at TMZ or Juju Smith-Schuster. You know who that is? Yes. Why are you asking if I know who that is? Oh, my bad. I didn't know that Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> was one of the greatest of all time. No, he's not. But he's one of the most popular players, if uh, popular wide receivers in okay. the league. Well, I'm sorry that I offended your delicate Juju Smith-Schuster sensibilities. I apologize. You know my football knowledge was just, just a little... Like, I feel like that's basic, but thank you. You, you are very knowledgeable about football, and I'm sorry. I, I accept your apology. Um, so Juju Smith-Schuster was going into Mastro's in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and he had on sweatpants. They did not let him in Mastro's. So he comes mm-hmm. out and he talks to one of the camera guys. He talks to one of the camera guys, and they switch pants. I remember that. Juju Smith-Schuster gave the camera guy his pants, and then the camera guy gave Juju Smith-Schuster his pants, and then they let him in. So my thing about that is this. It's like they're allowed to make decisions based upon who they're going to let in the restaurant and who they're not going to let in the restaurant. But if they have a dress code, places have dress codes. Sure they do. Like I've been to the polo lounge before, and the people at the polo lounge said, hey, we don't, we don't, we don't, uh, why are you making that face with your <laughs> like fancy? So I've go to the polo lounge before, and the people at the polo lounge were like, they said, "Hey, we don't allow ripped jeans in here." And they were like, "We're like, like, you, and they were super nice about it. Like, we don't allow ripped jeans in here. Like, we like we can't do it. Like, we they, the manager comes by and sees we can't we can't do the ripped jeans. Mm-hmm. And so they then gave me another booking. Uh, whatever, whatever, or and they said we can move it back tonight, or you can come back tomorrow, and we'll do this. Sure, that's fine. Right? We don't allow ripped jeans in here. So, how do we know in this particular situation that this was in fact because Neek is black? Well, when I gave my example, I flat out saw people go right. in that were dressed a certain way. Um, but to hear Dominique Wilkins' story, he says they first told him one thing, then they told him another. Ah. So it seems as if, well, if it was dress code, it was dress code, you know, but then why is it first? We don't have any tables available. Oh, you do. Okay. Well now it's the way that you're dressed. Right. Right. True. So So it seems like they were looking for a reason not to let Dominique in. That's what it sounds like. And that's what he felt like. Is it possible that they were, that they didn't want to tell him he couldn't come in because he wasn't dressed correctly. So they made up the table live. Nah, I don't think it's hard. I think most people know certain restaurants (laughs) Like Mastro's. Is it Maestro's or Mastro's? It's Mastro's. Okay, Mastro's has a dress code. Like, I think most people understand that. Yeah. But you don't think people know that about La Bibliotheque? Okay. It is not called the library. And you just called it Biblioteca. Maybe maybe it does mean library in French. But you called it Biblioteca. It's like... that's fucked up. The people at the bibliotheque didn't let Wilkins in there. They apologize. Maybe it does be library. In I'm, I'm, I, like, like I'm, um, I'm looking at it right now. It says 
We want to apologize to Mr. Wilkins for his experience at our restaurant and also for any confusion Andresco might have caused. <laughs> fuck that shade. I don't give a fuck. Little Bibliotech going off. Hold on. Little Bibliotech going off for any confusion Andresco might have caused. We want to apologize that you, motherfucker, couldn't understand you can't wear your Nike tech warm-ups do we into know how he was shit. dressed we don't we don't know how he was dressed uh but they said we in no way intended for him to feel unwanted we want to welcome an open dialogue with him our upscale dining experience and our brand's culture is made up of multiple elements which include our music our food and our patrons attire we continue to strive to manifest our dining experience in a way that is exciting and most importantly inclusive uh Right. So they also said they're, they're going through a staff shortage and they can't see as many people as they can in in, in the restaurant. So uh, they but the thing is, for me, it is so interesting. It's also interesting with me is that, like, this is something that you wouldn't think that a Dominique Wilkins would have to worry about in Atlanta. Not at all. He should have the keys to the city. He's right. a hometown hero. He's a treasure. Yeah, I was looking up the policy to see if it was posted on the website. It is. What does it say? What does it say? Collared shirts are suggested for gentlemen. Su- suggested. Suggested for. Okay. Suggested, not right. required. Suggested. Suggested. All right. It says casual wear, including baseball caps, flip flops, slides, excessively revealing clothing, cutouts, cutoffs, sweatpants, and athletic attire are considered too informal for the dining experience we provide at Lay Bilbocat. Okay, now that I'm reading it, there, it, there no. It's so, Bilbocat. It's Bilbiliotech. It's like the <laughs> library. That's a dope name. Do we know? It would be great if we knew what he was wearing. Let me show it you something. It would be great. Was that a dog? That's the picture that they have for policy. So the dog can come in casual attire. Wait Dominique Wilkins can. Oh, I can't. You can't make this shit up. Hold on for a second. La Bibliotech. Y'all gotta take that fucking picture of the dog down. Like first, the, the Do dog is sitting this? there. The dog what? is sitting there. Bibliotech. Hands on the table. The dog is sitting there with a glass of bubbly, wearing a muumu of some sort. Casual you mean to tell wear. me I can't believe that Dominique Wilkins? Wasn't dressed better than this fucking dog. <laughs> you see what I, I'm saying? I find it hard to believe. That's crazy. How that they, is nobody pointing that out? How has nobody yo, else recognized that's that? That's wild. <laughs> that dog. Whoa. 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 Um, all right. Let's take a break. <laughs> uh, okay. So last week we had, we had a discussion about the... Uh, ongoing crisis in the Middle East and mm-hmm. what at that point was a very bloody uh, conflict between Israel and Palestine. Okay, right. We talked about that last week. Uh, since then, there has been a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different perspectives on how well the ceasefire is holding and how well people are observing the ceasefire, but there has been a ceasefire. There's also been something else a very noted rise in anti-Semitism. We've seen that anti-Semitism reflected in videos um, and accounts of people being attacked all over the country. Uh, There was an incident literally, literally 
walking distance from my home uh, here on La Cienega in Los Angeles. It's like literally right up the street. Um, this area is a very, very, has a very, very uh, deep and rich uh, Jewish community, Jewish mm-hmm. background. So, you know, there are different restaurants are, are around here uh, that are kosher and that cater to Jewish patrons um, specifically. Uh, the first thing that I want to say is that I've heard all types of feedback on the episode that we did. Some people felt that the episode that we did was too one-sided in terms of being pro-Palestine and that there wasn't enough nuance uh, in the discussion and that the building blocks of the dysfunction that are going on in that region weren't properly laid out to people. I've heard people say that we had a tokenized Jew on, a tokenized Jew on to to have that discussion. Hmm. Um, here at Higher Learning, and I don't want I don't mean to speak for Rachel, but here at Higher Learning, I think we are completely okay with having uh, people have opinions about the content that we put out, right? Like, sure, whether or not they agree or disagree. Okay, so you can agree or disagree with how I feel about what's going on over there. You can agree or disagree about uh, the actual meat and the quality uh, of the interview uh, of itself and how we decided to to, to broach the topic. But I think we both agree that any sort of anti-Semitic violence or anti-Semitic talk, thoughts, anything is completely disgusting Mm -hmm. and moves us further away from what it is that I think people want, a lot of people want, should I say, which is peace and stability in the region. Uh, For me personally, looking at this, I think it's completely counterproductive to that. I think the world is sort of starting to understand some probably difficult truths about the situation over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and to take that out and to attack people who are innocent, who have nothing to do with, with this, who are really, to be honest with you, still dealing with multi-generational trauma from things that have happened to sometimes not only them, but their grandparents, their relatives, people from all over the world that are Jewish uh, is unacceptable. And I don't know if anybody thought that because uh, I think that Israel needs to be uh, held accountable for human rights abuses that are going on in that region or Mm -hmm. from running in what I think is an apartheid state uh, over there. I don't know if anyone thought that I would have a problem condemning anti-Semitism, but I don't. Were you getting that in your messages? No, I I think that people were people were saying just make sure you talk about the recent uptick in anti-Semitism that we're seeing. Just make sure you talk about that. As if I wouldn't discuss that. Of course, we would discuss that. Of course. Well, we have before. Right. And I was actually having this argument with people in my DMs. Yes, I was looking at my DMs because I was getting a lot of. You speak out so much about Black Lives Matter, but you're not speaking out against anti-Semitism. And I would say, you know, obviously there's been a rise of it. We cover things that are, you know, 
in the news, what's making headlines, what's affecting people, what's affecting the culture. We talk about oppression. We talk about um, hate and all of those things. And we've discussed anti-Semitism, particularly between what's what was happening with a lot of black public figures saying very reckless things and how that was affecting the Jewish community. We've yeah. had Rabbi um, Rabbi Lamb on here as well before to talk sure. about that. We've addressed this. And I think it was really disappointing that I was feeling like I had to prove myself about where we stand as a podcast or where we stand as individuals. And obviously we condemn all hate and all oppression. And I think uh, because what was happening on Friday was there was the post of the blue square. Yeah. And I don't know if you were getting that as a lot of people were asking me why I had not posted it. Right. And I did post something about a post about two truths that coexist. I don't know if you saw it. And um, I was talking about how we all need to continue to advocate for Palestinian rights and their safety and condemn oppression. But at the same time, we need to condemn the hate that is happening to Jews across the world. We need to condemn anti-Semitic behavior. People were upset with me for posting that um, because I put those two things in the same post. And... You know, I don't know if we should I, like I don't know if you're seeing some of that. I just I feel like I'm glad we're talking about this because I think was, we really need to make it or maybe I, I feel like I need to make it clear that obviously we condemn it. I think what's happening is deplorable. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's unnecessary. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, how the Jewish community feels seeing well, I I can't imagine, but I'm just saying that what's happening to them is terrible and it's terrifying. And I know that they're they're suffering as a community right now. And we here at Higher Learning don't stand by that type of behavior at all, even having the just because we had the podcast that we had last week or a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was. So I just want to make that clear. Uh, we're totally against what's happening. And we. Well, yeah, I mean, Violence against any group of any, any sort of group. any kind. So I, I, I will say this. So there was a rise in anti-Semitism over the last four or five years, and that rise in anti-Semitism directly correlated with the uh, with President Trump's presidency. There was a sharp rise in anti-Semitism. So it's even uh, even when. In the Charlottesville rally, they mm-hmm. were chanting, Jews will not replace us. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, for me, there is one question. Okay. Trump was insanely pro-Israel. Insanely pro-Israel. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being honest, I don't think that President Trump got the fair amount of criticism that he should have for stoking white supremacist white supremacist narratives and anti-Semitic narratives and helping to empower people like that because he was such good friends with uh with Netanyahu um and he was so close of an ally to Israel he made the decision to move to officially recognize the embassy uh not in Tel Aviv but in Jerusalem something that uh that really was a controversial thing when it happened and he was you know very pro-israel and so to me 
I guess the reason why I bring that up is because in this particular situation, the anti-Semitism that, that we see and the anti-Semitic violence that we see, we can't ignore. We're not good Americans if we ignore it. We're not good right. people if we, if we ignore them. We're not good anything if we don't stand with people who are being persecuted right now that have nothing to do with this. But I, I, I do wonder if if there is a way to be critical of Israel, if there is a way to be critical with a state and not endanger the lives of Jewish people. And the Trump situation is, was the fact that Trump was so friendly with Israel that that actually protect him from some of the criticism that he should have gotten in this rise in anti-Semitic violence that we saw and anti, excuse me, anti-Semitism that we saw. Because he didn't denounce it or do anything well, to, not to prevent he, it? Not that, he didn't, not that he didn't denounce it or do anything to prevent it. I don't know whether or not he did or whether or not he didn't. I'm certain that Trump didn't say uh, he's pro-anti-Semitism. But sometimes it's not about what you denounce. It's about what you empower. And so for me here, nothing that we talk about here is to empower Hamas. Mm-mm. Not at nothing all. Nothing that we talk about here is to empower Iran. People that want to wipe Jews off the face of the planet. None of that is to empower them. Mm-hmm. This is not about who is empowered for me. This is about who is depowered which is a group of people who have been treated in a certain way in a certain region. And the reality of it is the rise in, it's just a, it's a very deep political conundrum to be in. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, sometimes when, when I see this and I look, I, I, I have a lot of neighbors around here that are, are, are Jewish and a lot of them are pro Trump because of Trump's ties Supportive to Israel. Israel. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought uh, that's just an observation as to, well, what's the right way to do this? So if, if we're, if we're critical of Israel, does that mean that we're then responsible for people who go out into the world and, and uh, commit abhorrent, terrible things? I don't know. I don't know what the right way to do that would be. But what I do know is that, I cannot ignore the state of the Palestinian people. I will not ignore that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ignore that. I'll never ever turn my back on my Jewish brothers and sisters. I will never stand for anti-Semitism. I'll never, you can't be around me. You can't build with me. Anything like that. But we have to figure this out especially if the United States is going to have such a close relationship with Israel to where a lot of the the technology and the bombs that we're dropping and a lot of the things, a lot of that, you know, our tax dollars are going into that. Like we have a vested stake in this. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that Israel doesn't have the right to exist. They do. Doesn't mean that Israel doesn't have the right to, to, to protect themselves. They do, but everybody has that right. right. Everybody has that right. So, uh, uh, right now, clear as a bell, clear as day on the biggest platform I currently have. Not one fiber in my body 
supports, condones in any way. Not even, when I say anti-Semitic violence, I'm not even talking about anti-Semitic violence. I'm talking about even the thought of walking past somebody that you might see with a yarmulke on or a Star David on and then condemning them because of something happening thousands and thousands of miles away. You don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Leave these people alone. Leave them alone. Agreed. We're all doing our best to try to figure this out, but we're not going to figure this out by running from the questions. You know what I mean? And I, I stand on everything that I say. Like I, I, I stand on what I believe Israel to be doing right now. I stand on that. But I also stand with Jewish people who feel themselves per- persecuted here in this country. That I will not. I will not at all uh, condone or or in any way turn a blind eye to. Absolutely. Um. Okay. Uh We you you conveniently. Oh whoa whoa. So I saw I saw a headline yesterday that got my interest peaked. What? Did you see this about COVID and the Wuhan land lab situation? Did you see this? Yeah, but. I felt like I had heard that story before. A lot of people, there's, there's a, here's the thing. So, of course, in case you guys didn't know, uh, there's a story that broke yesterday that said it was, it was very big in the Twitter sphere. Three Wuhan lab researchers were hospitalized in November 2019. They were hospitalized, which makes people think, hey, those people had COVID, and since they were lab researchers, maybe they got COVID mm-hmm. from a lab, and maybe COVID was conceived in a lab and didn't come from natural causes in the wet markets of Wuhan uh, like we've been led to believe. Now, if in fact COVID was lab-created and man-made, that will open up a can of worms heretofore unconceivable. I stole that directly from Avengers Endgame. Um, because at that point, you're looking at a major, major, major international crisis, at least in my opinion, uh, because if it's man-made and it's something that China kept under wraps or hid or didn't deal with, a lot of people are going to be asking the Chinese a lot of questions. Of course uh, they should. <clears throat> this is another dangerous topic, though. It's a dangerous topic because it could come along with a spike in anti-Asian sentiment. It not it won't could. It It will. will. Because people take things out of into their own hands, which is what we're seeing right now happen with anti-Semitic behavior. Um but it is it, it you know what it just it makes me think of the movies or the books that you've read that talk about population control and creating certain diseases and viruses to fix that right if that's true that's how people are gonna be thinking but yeah i felt like but when you when i saw the article i was like didn't we already know this didn't we already know this though well number one i don't think that we know anything because i personally believe and i've read a little bit about this that uh the the reporting here could be better there are some things cited here some sources that are cited here that make you have to make some leaps in terms of this uh, and I don't think that this is a this you know comes from the Wall Street Journal. I don't think Wall Street Journal obviously very reputable, but I, but I don't think that this is a lock solid that these guys were sick with COVID 
and they were there. I read okay. a very interesting Twitter thread, um, and I, I can't dissect it uh, word for word right now, that really looked critically at some of the actual reporting here and talked about it. What did okay. give me pause, pause, though, was Fauci. Now, I trust Dr. Fauci, okay? What did Fauci um, say? Dr. Fauci said that he is not convinced that COVID-19 developed naturally outside of the Wuhan lab. Now, here's a, now, now and, and this puts people in a very, very interesting position, okay? Mm-hmm. Because Dr. Fauci comes out, and Dr. Fauci is the voice of gospel in terms of infectious diseases, in terms of all of this stuff. We're to listen to Dr. Fauci. Why won't Trump listen to Dr. Fauci? Why won't Trump listen to Dr. Fauci? Uh, most people on the left do not want to even consider the idea that COVID was man-made because the fact that COVID was man-made seems like the far right reaching for a reason to kick shit off with China and kicking shit off with China has unattended or maybe intended consequences on the Asian Americans that live here. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that it goes. We've seen the spike in um in Asian hate. But if we've been being told for the last year, year and a half now, uh, going on at least, that Dr. Fauci knows what he's talking about, and Dr. Fauci is questioning whether or not COVID was man-made or not, don't we at least have to consider that COVID came from a lab? Yes. Don't we at least have to consider that that's a thing? Yes. Do you know what, though? I guess in my mind, I've I've just I haven't tried to focus too much about how it started for me, like as a civilian, I'm like, it's here. How do I protect myself from it? So now as a civilian that I have to think about that, this might have been something that was created and put out here and think of all the lives that have lost, how we what has been taken from us, the world that we knew. And we're trying to normalize ourselves back into all of this. Plus, we're dealing with the loss, whether it be financial, physical, you know, mentally. That's what's wild to me that that like I ha- I have not even made my mind go there because you're just trying to survive with living with this thing. Right. So this is exactly what Dr. Fauci said. He says, uh, I'm not convinced about that. I think we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we continue to find out the best to the best of our ability what happened. Certainly the people who have investigated investigated say it was uh, likely the emergence from an animal reservoir that uh, that then infected individuals, but it could have been something else, and we need to find that out. So, you know, that's the reason why I said I'm perfectly in favor of any investigation that looks into the origin of the virus. So, look, I understand what you just said, and it's true. At this point, it doesn't really matter uh, how COVID... Well, it- it does if they did make it man-made and they could do it again. Oh, Rachel, Rachel, <laughs> if COVID was man-made oh my and there is definitive proof that COVID was man-made, which by the way, if you listen to virologists and you listen to them talk and they, they talk about just how exquisite the virus is, is, is itself, just how adaptable it is, just how it, it, it seems like something that was a lot of people believe a lot of people believe i don't know enough about this to talk about it we should have somebody on but a lot of people have been saying hey this virus is 
particularly good at evading things that we come up with, you know. And I remember one guy even saying, hey, a lot of times, you know, viruses want to live. So when they mutate, they mutate to less potent strains. And I'm like, you know, we don't really see that with COVID. Like, you know, so there, there are other things maybe to be wary of. But if that ends up becoming the case. Oh, my gosh. I just I, I don't want to deal with that. Let's, I just There is going to be a shitstorm like you have never seen. And the fact that Fauci is hedging, man, oh, man, we look to Dr. Fauci to be like, nope, came from a bat. Yeah, I, I know. Right wing kooks. Nope, came from a bat. I watched a guy on Bill Maher months ago say he's 90% sure that these are people that exist in the dark web of Bill Maher's uh, browser history. But there's, that they thought that they were 90% sure that it was that it was that it was lab grown. A lot, but I mean, I remember when it first, when when coronavirus first got national attention in the states. That was always a narrative that people were talking about. But then people were just like, "We're just trying to get past. We're just going to get through this." Now that we have this vaccine, it seems like these talks are starting all over again. Maybe because um, Fauci said back in May he's singing a different tune. He said, "If you look at the evolution of the virus and bats and what's out there now, it's very, very strongly leaning toward." This could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates this virus evolved in nature than jumped species. Now, people are saying, hey, that's Fauci. Sometimes, man, when you're a good scientist, you learn more and you reflect what it is that you've learned. Remember, at first it was no masks, then it was masks. Yeah. Maybe they learned sure. something about this virus that changes their mind. Mm, I don't want to know. Yes. Yes. Well, Look, we're going to know. That's the thing about the era that we live in. No matter what happens, we are going to know the truth about this, whether we want to know it or not. On what the if aliens brought the virus here? That would be dope. See you. See you like that kind of stuff. Uh, is that in no way is that interesting? That would, that would be, be dope. dope. It'd be super dope. No. Super dope because if they brought the virus here, they they have a they have a cure probably. And it's about and who's they ain't get giving the it to us. They might. Maybe that's why they've been coming here recently. The numbers have gone down. As a matter of fact, we're no, talking about there's that there's no, 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 no. Stop talking about they've been coming here recently. Stop that. That's, they've been coming here recently, no, the aliens. And and the aliens have been coming here. You know, we've been talking about this alien thing a lot since uh, we've been in lockdown. And I haven't been okay with it. And the reality is that they've been coming here. And since they've been coming here, you know, maybe they gave us the vaccine. They gave us some technology because the COVID numbers are the lowest that they've been since last <laughs> so the June. You just said it. You just said it. They plummet to their lowest. Are you feeling safe now, COVID-wise? Do you feel safe in society again? Yes and no. I feel safe, but I don't feel normal. Like last night when I was working the Billboard Awards, we didn't have the mask. Neither did the the talent coming through. And when people would touch me, I could feel myself like step back a bit. Like, yeah. I'm just not ready. So is that me not feeling safe or me just not just not having human contact like that in a really long time? So I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know. Um, but I felt safe enough to take off my mask, being vaccinated, being tested, everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Steps. So the numbers, I'm going to look up the California COVID numbers right now. Let's see. Okay. California COVID numbers right now. So right now we are down to around 1800 new 
cases a day. That's a seven-day average. Our seven-day average of new cases per day is 1,800 a day here in California. Now, that's a lot of COVID cases, obviously. 1,800 people, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Statewide? Uh, Statewide? Statewide. Is California? Okay. Statewide, 1,800. So if we go back to the height, which was January, the seven-day average was 44,000 new COVID cases a day. Okay. 44,000. So we are we are definitely, uh, it seemed to be at least, coming out of this. You know, the, the, the deaths have plummeted as well now. I don't want to read off the deaths like only 35 or whatever people it is like that. Like that doesn't matter because that's one life gone. So, you know, right. the deaths are obviously changing. But, you know, it, it seems as if uh, to a degree like we're ready to move on from it. Um, or we're ready to move forward, not move on. Forward, forward. forward there we go. It. But I can tell you one thing: if it comes out that COVID is man-made, that is going to be the beginning of, like I said before, a major, major, in my opinion, international incident. Of course, it is. Yeah. As a world, you have to figure out how to deal with that. Oh no, that's huge! I can't. I. I. I don't no. even want to think about that. Deal with I it do. is not what you mean. In, as what you mean as as a world, you're gonna have to figure out how to punish China. That's what I mean by deal with it. Right. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, what about this party that happened in um in Huntington Beach? You see this? I, it was everywhere. Who is Adrian? Adrian is a TikToker. <laughs> Uh, Adrian is a TikToker. Adrian is on TikTok. Uh, it was a birthday celebration. It, it turned into a massive Project X type party. 150 arrests made. Uh, Adrian's kickback. Wait. It's so fucking funny. This is so stupid. The party originally posted to Wednesday, posted Wednesday to TikTok as a meetup called Adrian's Kickback. <laughs> By user Adrian.Lopez517 was intended to have people pop out and celebrate my birthday. The post went viral throughout the week. Explain the hashtag. That was viewed more than 203 million times. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Gatherings formed Friday and Saturday in Huntington Beach near Los Angeles, and police dispersed crowds both nights. They arrested 28 juveniles. At Adrian for Adrian's kickback and 121 adults. Vandalism, firing dangerously with fireworks, village disperse, and curfew violations. No major injuries were reported. Uh, but paramedics were on call to deal with any medical issues. The police did not, of course, kill uh, any of the white people up there in Huntington Beach. Doesn't it just show you how badly people want out of their homes? That well, I thought you were going to piggyback on what you said the last statement that nobody was killed. And it just also shows the restraint that police can use um, if they want to. But my literally my first thought was when I was watching these videos and I was watching people do absolutely nothing but stand around and record the the mayhem that was happening. I thought, is this foreshadowing? The summer people came from all across the country just off something that was trending on TikTok because they were so desperate to get out. Yeah. I am scared of the summer. You're scared that of the was summer? it. 
Look at did you did you see the videos? People jumping off overpasses, popping firecrackers in the middle of the crowd, running around, burning rubber, kicking each other. Adrian's <laughs> kickback. Adrian's kickback. I guess that it's was Adrian's. Adrian. It was Adrian's <laughs> fucking kickback, man. That's what the um, hell I'm talking about. People are so bored that this is what they're considering fun. Yeah, it is terrifying. Look, I'm fucking with Adrian's kickback. Oh, um, oh! You'll be at the next one, part two. I will. I'm All 41. Right, I feel like I can go to it. You know what go I mean? Go ahead. I'm, like I'm 41. You know, like if I would have, you know, a younger me would have drove out there out of pure curiosity, just to see. And I'm not even talking about like a 25 nope. year old me. Like, nope. uh, let me ask you a question: What's the oldest you feel like you could be at Adrian's Kickback? What's the oldest you feel like you could be there? If you're a man, I would say probably like 32. 32. All right, let, let me ask you a question. What is the cutoff age for spring break? This also is going into oh. Van's very serious question. This is Van's very serious question right here. Okay. Van's very serious question. What is the cutoff age? For you going to a spring break celebration. 25. 25. So if you're 26, no more spring break. I'm, we're talking spring break that you take off and, and hang out with the college kids, I, right? I'm talking about. Not just spring vacation. You no, are literally going I'm, for spring break. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about you hitting Miami, Daytona. Galveston, Vegas. 25. You're doing it because it's spring break. 25. And all the, so 25. 25. So 25. 25 is, is the cutoff. That's when the you graduating. Hit, when you hit a quarter of a century, you need to be progressing into another something else. Okay. I mean, I ain't saying you can't go on vacation. I'm okay. just saying you don't need to be at spring break. All right. Now, let me ask you this. What if you're 27, but you're still in college? What if you're 27, but you're still in college? Then you Let's, need to be, you really need to be studying. Because you, you need to get out. What, what if you went, oh, no, think about it. You oh, went, like, what if you went to the Army first or something? What if you went you to the Army, or if you went on a mission, or if you a did mission, something right, like BYU. that? Right, you went on the they Army. They don't party at spring break. Well, you're not going to spring they break anyway. They don't party at spring break. Do, have you ever heard of soaking? What did I say that made you want to say that? What because is of BYU. Do you know what soaking is? No. So <laughs> there was an athlete at BYU, a basketball player some time ago, we'll come back to the spring break, that he got disciplined because it was alleged that he was soaking. Soaking is, <laughs> I don't know how they came up with this workaround up there in the Mormons. Soaking is like, it's not like sex. Okay. What? So you just put your penis inside of the girl and you just leave it. That's what they would. That's what the athlete was doing. And, and that's came, not sex. You penetrate not, it, but you it, penetrate it. But is but they but they but that's like one Man, of the workarounds. If you gonna do all that, you might <laughs> as well saying, keep going. Like, look, look. I'm looking at Urban Dictionary right now. That is when, gross. When the penis is put in the <laughs> vagina, but there is no pumping or or or, or thrusting. So it seems a little less like sex. Preferred form of premarital sex for Mormons. She didn't want to have sex, but she let me soak for 20 minutes. 
20 so, minutes? <laughs> <laughs> you better get up off me. 20 Soaking. minutes? Soaking. Soaking. That is absolutely disgusting. And if you're going to take those measures, how do you even have enough self-control to just sit there for 20 minutes? But once you've penetrated, you've had sex. I'm sorry. You can call it, put up whatever verb. You can put whatever verb you want to on it. You have broken. You have broken. I don't know if that's a rule. Who says you've, that you get to make those rules? You don't know. You've pen it. Oh, okay. So we're we going to get around it. We're going to do as much as we can. I'm going to do every, I'm going to take off all my clothes. I'm going to stick it in. But because I didn't move, even though I had to move to put it in her, it doesn't count. Get so out of here with that. You th- broke so this, the commandment. You so this, is, this is my thing. This is my thing about soaking, right? This is my thing about soaking. There is no thing. This is not a thing. But this is, it is a You thing. had sex. This is what, okay. This is my thing about soaking. So God, most powerful. He don't recognize uh, that word. Omnipotent. Uh, omnipotent <laughs> most God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's seen all that has been and has seen and sees all that will be. Okay, we're preaching. You mean to tell me <laughs> that you are going to pull a fast one on God? Can you hear me? With your, it's just so funny. Like when I first learned about it, I laughed for days. And you should have. Like they're sitting there soaking, reading Bible verses to each other as if they're not doing anything wrong. It's exactly. hysterical. Anyway. Who are you fooling? Uh, so you say. 25. What's 25? your age? Oh, but I, yeah, I guess there's an exception, right? You never had your spring break because you were in the army or whatever it is. that You, you took a, you took time off in between. Fine. Okay. Fine. 25. Okay. Here's the thing. What is the sad age? Okay, okay, because the, if the cutoff is 25, right? That means you can still go at 26 or 27 and not When be, does it become sad? What's the sad age that you're at spring break? When you hit the th- a three in front of it, a 30. It's sad. Okay. You don't okay. need to be hanging around them. Not on spring break. Like they're going is something that's new to them. They have this opportunity, this freedom, no responsibility like they've had before. Are you 30? <laughs> like All right. you've, now you've, let me ask you this last question stop asking me questions this is the last one <laughs> what if you're 30 but you're in school is being in school which school a loophole you're in undergrad you're 30 and you're in undergrad is that is that does i need be, to know why <laughs> i need to know why you're an undergrad at 30 and then i need to know your life circumstances before I can I can make that decision, because just because you're people go to spring break that aren't even in college, just because they're of the oh, age. Hell yeah, yeah, you know what I'm like, saying. Ian so just because you're 30 in college, Ian, <laughs> just because you're 30 in college doesn't mean that you need to be going to spring break. It's not particular to college. It's more about an age group. It's more about a time in your life. At 30, I'm gonna need you to move on. Damn. Okay. Cool. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Van very serious question of the week. Okay. Uh, look, guys. Um. One year anniversary of higher learning coming up May 28th. Okay. We need you guys. As help. I'm pretty sure we started before then. Have we no. checked the numbers? We started before May 28th. That's a fact. That Are true? we just celebrating May 28th? Well, I think the first show we did was sent around G- George Floyd. Right. And I think it was like a week before. Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, so we hit one year. <laughs> we, we hit one year. So we need you guys to help us celebrate the one year anniversary of higher learning. We're so excited about this. And, 
in, in the following ways. First of all, I need you guys to all go to r slash thought warriors, <laughs> the livest subreddit of all the subreddits out there for all your higher learning fix. Shout out to you guys over there at r backslash thought warriors. The subreddit is growing every single day. All right, so two ways you can help us celebrate the anniversary. Number one, for a special edition of Mailbag, we want the hashtag thought warriors to record their questions. Record them using voice memos and send the voice memo to higherlearningringer at gmail.com. That's higherlearningringer at gmail.com. You can be featured on the anniversary episode if you do so. We also want you, hashtag thought warriors, to video record themselves saying what higher learning means to them. Aww. Or what they've enjoyed most about the podcast over the past year. Do that and submit the video to higherlearningringer at gmail.com. Are you looking forward to this, Rachel? I am. And I would like to correct myself. The first podcast did come out May 28th. Once again. I guess because we recorded it before. I just forgive me, y'all. Yes, I'm excited. I can't believe it's been a year. A lot has happened in a year for both of us. But, um, you know, I'm proud of higher learning. You know, Times Square official. We doing our thing. Mm hmm. And we couldn't do it without you guys. We love you guys. Thank you, Thought Warriors. Thank you so much. All right. uh, That's enough. Tell you the thing caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. We are out. Bye, guys.